everyone, this is Larry from WSTrades.com. This podcast is about trading stocks and stock options. Any information in these podcasts should not be construed as advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. We are not financial advisors. Hey everyone, this is Larry and James from WSTrades.com doing our weekly update podcast. How's it going, James? It's going pretty good, man. How are you? Good. Niners got the playoff win. Oh, man. That was a wild finish there. Uh, not sure what to think about that one. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know what Cowboy fans are going to be thinking about it for the next year. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just don't understand. Like, with 14 seconds ago, you got to throw sideliner end zone, man. You can't be trying to run the ball. <laughs> and especially, I mean, we talk about it all the time, the 49ers secondary sucks. They, they would have won the game if they just chucked it in the end zone. Oh, I know, right? If they would have thrown up a couple Hail Marys, you know, one of them would have got a flag and then you're on the <laughs> one-yard line. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, you want to go over your trades from last week? Yeah, just uh, had a couple. Um, wasn't, like, super active in the past week, but I did. Um, let me pull up chart here i did sell a call on xlf i think i've been talking about this one for a while uh last few weeks and i finally got a trade in on it um i sold the call side so it looks like um the last friday was a gap down so it looks like they made a pretty good move down so i sold this thing on monday i think which was the 10th. I'm just trying to see where in the world they were uh, trading. Okay, yeah, so they were still that day, early in the day, they were still almost around that high because the high on the daily chart here is uh, 41.70, and they were probably trading around 41 or so. So to me, they seem kind of high. I think the RSI was up there too almost into the overbought range. So I thought it was a good time to uh, sell the call side. Um, so I got in or sold the 42 call there, and that is for the February monthlies. Um, so this one is a financial ETF. And then looks like I went put side on XLRE. This is a real estate ETF. And the reason I went put side on this one is because they made a big move down. So they've been ripping up pretty good overall on this daily chart. And then they recently peaked out around $52. And then they made this massive move down. Um, so the RSI right now is still um, only seven points away from being oversold. So I kind of felt like it was a good time to go down and play the put side. So I sold the 47 put there. Um, that's also for February 18th, so that's also the February monthly contracts. Um, and that one continued to move down a little bit, so it looks like I'm down a little bit on that trade, but, you know, I've got over a month uh, until that thing expires, so I've still got quite a bit of time there. And then also um, the XLF trade, it looks like I'm actually up on it a little bit, so I'm at a small profit there. Um, so that's kind of how those things are sitting right now after I got into them. And then I did go out. Um, I only got a couple bucks on this, but I did go out and sell the 30 call on X, United States Steel. Um, just because when I got into this trade, this may have been in September when I actually entered this thing and grabbed the shares. Um, that was my target to get out. 
Um, I just told myself uh, I'm getting into this thing. I forget what it was. It was like 22 bucks or 21 bucks or something like that. And I just told myself when this thing gets back to 30, um, that's when I'll get rid of it. And it looks like they touched 30 um, in May. They had a nice little peak. It looks like uh, May 10th. And then they made another run pretty close to it in June, but didn't quite get up to 30. They got about to 29. And then um, in August is when they blasted above that 30 level, but then they had a fat move down. Um, so, yeah, I just only got a couple bucks for it, but I was like, I might as well sell it uh, for the weeklies because if something nutty happens next week with X and they blast above that 30 level, you know, that's the point I want to get out anyways. Um, so, yeah, I did sell that 30 call and that is expiring um, this coming Friday, the 21st. Sweet. Yeah, I haven't traded X in a while. I haven't even really looked at their chart, but, yeah, they're just doing what X does and makes pretty big moves. Yeah, they're just kind of chopping between 20 and 30 going all the way back to um, what is this March? Yeah, it looks like March. They kind of broke above that 20 level and came down and tested it once. And since then, yeah, they've just been swinging around in between pretty much 20 and 30. So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, once they start to get down around that oversold level or close to it, that definitely seems to be, you know, pretty good at long entries. Yeah, I think I'm going to put an alert on once I get close to 20 again, play something like super uh, bullishly on them because it looks like they just hit that point every single time for almost a year now and just rip back. Yeah, for sure. A bunch of gap ups and crazy moves going on. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I didn't have a whole lot going on uh, this week either. I had two closing trades. Uh, one. I had an iron condor that I sold on QQQ, and that one was freaking interesting because they hit this level that I was like, okay, I I want to say they were down like 2.5% that day, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm selling iron condor on them because I don't know if they're going to rip back, but I think they're definitely going to make a move higher. So sold an iron condor uh, where the puts were, I think it was the 30 delta uh, put vertical, and then I sold the 10 delta call vertical and then they came ripping back super hard and my uh, calls were actually in the money for a few days and then they just dumped uh, going into the end of the week so ended up going max profit on that and then I also got into a diagonal on uh, ticker WPM which is wheat and precious metals and I went and bought the uh, 38 call for that expires on February 11th and I sold uh the 41 call that expired on Friday. So I went uh, max profit on that call, but with them bleeding out uh, a little bit going into the end of the week, I'm actually down $2 on the trade. Uh, so I'm going to sell, you know, the call expiring on Friday again on Tuesday when the market's open and see what I can collect on that uh, and just keep on running that until it gets called away. Uh, hopefully make a nice rip up. And I, this one kind of screwed me. I could have, got out with a nice fat profit and I text you and I was like, dude, WPM filled the gap. I'm thinking I should probably get out of this. And you know, if it keeps on ripping, get back into it. And I didn't. And then sure enough, after they filled that gap, they just started dumping afterwards. So I think I was up like, Oh man, hundred and something bucks in a few days on the trade. And then ended up giving it all back after that freaking uh, sell off going into the end of the week. And then I got into two new trades. Uh, one is a put spread on Oracle. 
that expires on the 21st. And uh, that is the 85, 86 puts that I sold. And I also sold a call spread on uh, ticker HES that's pissing me off because they just won't stop ripping. Uh, but it expires uh, the 28th, so I've got some time on it. Uh, still not close to the money, and I'm assuming they're going to start coming back to earth soon. Uh, but that's only a five wide. Uh, collected decent credit on it, 12 bucks for a uh, 50 cent wide. So, uh, like I say, hopefully HES starts coming back to reality. But if not, I got time to uh, make some adjustments if I have to. Yeah, looking at them right now, they're definitely overextended, and yeah, I would think they'd be coming down pretty soon here. It looks like last time they got up into that area um, on the daily chart, like overbought. Um, yeah, they didn't do much. Once they kind of ripped above that level, they just really started to consolidate and go sideways, and um, yeah, I would expect them to definitely cool off pretty quick here. Yeah, once they hit that, like, was that almost 92 or almost 93 level last time they did, uh, they had a nice fat sell off. So I'm assuming it's going to happen again. But uh, if they actually close above that level, I'm just going to take whatever loss I'm at and uh, get out of the trade because if they can actually close above that level, it's going to be, you know, a bad sign for the Bears. Yeah, if it can somehow, like, uh, keep that 90 level as a new support or something, then yeah, maybe they're going to start trading within a new range or something. All right, so uh, what topic did you want to do this week? Yeah, I just wanted to go over like legging into a spread or some people call it the ghetto spread. Um, and kind of the way it works is if like, let's just say you're looking at the call side um, and you don't want to go out and buy a spread initially um, what you can do or yeah I guess if you wanted to buy a call spread if you don't want to do it right out of the gate you can uh, go out and just get a, into a single leg first and then later on turn it into a spread um, and a lot of times people will do this um, with some time to expiration um, because if things don't move in your favor it doesn't hurt you as much if you've got a lot you know, your call doesn't expire, you know, several months out or, you know, a year out or something like that. If you've got a lot of time, you know, you really don't have like the gamma risk so much. And so using, you know, my favorite ticker space as an example, uh, that thing's trading down around $10 right now, I think, uh, finished at 1014. I'm just going to make up some numbers here on the options pricing, but just to give some examples, you know, space is trading around 10 bucks. Let's say you went out and bought the 15 call or something. Let's just say you think they're going to make a move up. Um, you know, they've been selling off for a long time, so you're bullish on them. What you can do is go out and maybe buy that 15 call. Um, and let's just say you bought it like a couple months out, like maybe March monthly expiration. And then you could kind of wait for the market to move in your favor and for them to make a move up or maybe like implied volatility spikes for some reason. Um, you know, maybe they do make a decent move up and the IV spikes and people are expecting bigger moves um, in the future. What you can do is go out and sell a call above that 15 call. 
So let's just say you went out and like you bought the 15 call for like 100 bucks and then they make a big move up or implied volatility spikes. And let's just say that call that you bought doubles in value. Um, you could, you know, take your profit at that point and just sell that and be like, hey, I made 100% profit. I'm out of the trade. Or you could still ride that trade out and you could sell a call above it. So let's just say you, you know, bought that 15 call for 100 bucks. Some things happen in the market. Um, you know, it doubles, you're at 200 bucks. Let's just say you could go out and sell the 20 call for 100 bucks um, or a little more. You could even like lock in a profit at that point, or you could be at that guaranteed break even. Like if you, um, you know, bought your 15 call for 100 bucks, you were able to sell the 20 call later on uh, for 100 bucks. You could be at a point there where you're at least going to get a break even. Or if space starts ripping, um, and continues to go up, you know, you could be profitable at that point. Um, so that could be one example where you could stay in the trade and get a little bit of protection, uh, you know, maybe do that break even, but let's just say, um, you know, you're able to sell that 20 call for 150 bucks. Then at that point, you're, you're at like a guaranteed $50 profit, even if space dies, because then that short 20 call is gonna expire worthless. Um, and you know you've already collected, you know, more credit than you paid to get into the initial leg of the spread. Um, and then if space rips, let's just say it goes to 25 bucks by March uh, monthly expiration, then you're in to make uh, the width of the spread as well, because that's like a five wide spread. So if space finishes at like $25 at expiration, you know you've got a five wide debit spread there and like, bam, you made 500 bucks. So it's just one of those uh, trades that you can use, um, you know, where you might have a feeling where something is going and, you know, you can get into one leg, let the market kind of move in your favor. And then that gives you the ability or the flexibility of getting some protection and, you know, really putting yourself in a position where you can go like, break even or profit or sometimes lock in a guaranteed profit, uh, you know, a small profit and then have a big profit, you know, if your uh, estimation is right, if space does start to blast off in the near future, you know, you could lock in a fat profit or, you know, put yourself in a position where, you know, you lock in a guaranteed profit. Yeah, I know. I sound like a broken record when I say this because I say it all the time when we're talking about options, but that's why I love trading options as opposed to uh, just trading shares is because the versatility you have with them. Like if you in the same uh, situation, like if you were buying a call on space, then you're obviously bullish on them. You think they're going to start ripping at some point or you wouldn't be you know, going long the call. Well, if you're doing just uh, shares, then you just have to you have you know two options you either hold the bag if they don't rip or you know you can sell at a loss but you know you just have two options uh I, the word options <laughs> sorry you have two uh scenarios that you can play out if you're just trading uh shares but with options you can leg into things like you're talking about turning a just a long call into a vertical uh you go from there and turn it into an iron condor uh you can move your strikes around and man last week 
I don't man, I don't remember his name. It's a it's a really big uh, option trader on YouTube. I think he's uh, with Tasty Trade, and I don't remember the dude's name, but I actually watched a video on him uh, where he showed a scenario where uh, he legged into a uh, call vertical on Tesla and ended up locking up a huge profit like he was guaranteed. I want to say it was like 23 grand profit. Uh, it was like a call that didn't expire for like two years, and it was way out of the money at that point. And it was just kind of like a lottery ticket. And Tesla just blew up. And his call, I believe it was still out of the money, but Tesla made such a huge move higher that he was able to sell a call above it and lock in this you know massive profit at that point and he couldn't lose it so you know that's one of the few scenarios in trading options where you can actually guarantee a profit on something yeah you know what i did see a video this might be the thing but i want to say uh it was like trading for fraternity maybe and it was like uh, i think he like spent 500 bucks or 400 bucks to get into the initial leg and then he made like 40 grand or something like that i don't know if that's the same one you're thinking of but i did see that video no but uh yeah i love that dude the trading fraternity dude uh it's that bald white-headed dude works for tasty trader i don't know if he works oh, for them oh yeah that's right if it's tasty works then it's definitely not the guy i'm talking about yeah <laughs> Yeah, that same concept, though. Yeah, so it's just like you're saying. It's one of those, like you're saying before, you got a lot of options when you're trading options, right? Like, you got all these different things you can do. And, yeah, it's just, you know, one of the things you can do if something just kind of moves in your favor and, like, maybe you don't want to ride out that position until the end because, you know, we know what happens with out-of-the-money options. Uh, most of them expire worthless, so if you go out there and you just buy a single call like that and the market moves in your favor, you know, you might want to get out and, you know, do that, like lock in a small profit or some type of guaranteed profit. But then if things really, you know, if space just continues to rip and rip and rip, you're in for an even bigger profit. So, um, yeah, it's just one of those trades that's pretty cool. Like if you can you know, set it up and give yourself some time for it to work in your favor. And then it's always kind of cool when you, you know, get into a trade and then things kind of go in your favor and then you can do some other leg or, you know, some other options trade and then put yourself in that position where you're looking at a guaranteed profit trade. Yeah, I think something that you mentioned initially uh, that's very important is it's got to be something with quite a bit of time left on it. Because if you buy an out of the money option, like with five days to expiration, then the market has to move in your favor really hard, really quick. So, you know, if you're going to be trying to leg into stuff, then, you know, you're going to want to go. God, I'd say even 30 days isn't even enough time. Uh, I'd go like 60 to anything, anything past that. If you're planning on buying something out of the money and you have a feeling that something's going to rip, then, you know. If you're buying out of the money options, like you said, uh, most of them are going to expire worthless. So you want to give yourself as much time as possible. And yeah, it's going to cost a little more, but it, it's definitely worth it because options are priced the way they are for a reason. Yeah, that's a great point. Like definitely don't want to be doing this on a weeklies unless you you're really good at chart reading or, you know, you've got the crystal ball. <laughs> the thing's going to move in your favor like 
the next day or immediately because yeah if you have something that's like six months out or a year out you know your theta is going to be low and you're not going to have you know the value of your contract bleeding out really fast and it just gives you that time you know the underlying might move around quite a bit but if it's far to expiration then you know you've got the flexibility to hang out and really give it a chance to go in your favor and then uh yeah later on get into that second leg yeah that's something i keep on saying man is something i need to start doing is trading some like further out to expiration stuff because most of the time i'm doing anywhere from five to 14 days to expiration and it's working out but i'm noticing on trades that are going against me i really don't have any options at that point it's either you know close it out or write it out because it just doesn't make sense um like with my qqq iron condor i had i when they started moving against me when my calls started getting uh more expensive i planned on moving my puts up but there was just so little time I was going to get paid, I think, an extra six bucks. So after closing out and contract fees, it was like three dollars extra I would have brought in just to move the strikes closer. And it just wasn't worth the risk of moving the strikes closer uh, to being in the money for three extra bucks. But had, you know, this been like a at least two week out to expiration, then you can get paid a little more and still stay away from the money a little bit more. Uh, on your adjustments but yeah everything that gets like close to expiration uh adjustments are really freaking tough yeah that's a great point i've been in that situation too where you're in a trade and maybe you have the ability to make an adjustment at one point but you don't do it and then time passes and then yeah you're kind of stuck in that position where like the adjustments maybe don't make sense like you can't grab enough credit at that point and then yeah you're kind of just pretty much stuck writing it out yeah all right um did you have any tickers you were looking at getting into next week yeah so i pretty much i think that was my last trade or my last few trades last week for february monthly stuff so um gotta get into the march time frame and I mean, I know this thing is in a severe beatdown and the chart is super duper ugly, um, but I'm probably going to sell a put on ArcG because, I mean, they've made this move from 115 down to 50. I think they're trading, yeah, 51.58. So, um, yeah, they're like pretty far away from the 21-day EMA right now on the daily, and uh, the RSI is pretty much oversold. So I'm thinking they're probably pretty soon here going to make a move back towards the 21. They're probably going to be some profit taking and stuff so yeah i'm probably going to sell a put on rg and then uh let's see here um eww yeah i don't doesn't look like i got a position on well, i don't have anything on for march right there so yeah i guess a lot of these normal tickers that i'm looking at will be in play and um yeah, that's the one where I had the call on for February monthlies, and they're still kind of hanging out um, near the all-time high. Looks like the all-time high is 51.58, and they're at 51.27. Um, so I'm probably going to sell another call for March. Um, probably get a little further away from the money on that one. Let me kind of see here. God, they just don't want to die. That thing looks like yeah, it might break through that freaking high. 
Yeah, I'm kind of curious now, like, because I see the point that I got in on the um, February monthly. So let me see what's going on here for. Oh, yeah, I get up to a 53. So an, another dollar higher is a 31% probability in the money. Um, so, yeah, if there's some decent volume and stuff this coming week uh, for the March monthlies, maybe I'll go another dollar higher and just stay on the call side there um and then let me see that was eww i've already got position i've been rolling positions on ewz forever i just keep rolling because they just continue to struggle uh, they made a nice move this last week though i think they went like let me see here from i see they're up oh, above 29 now so yeah they made a, a rip above the 21 um so yeah they went about from 26 bucks or so up above 29 so they made a real nice move higher um and they are i've got three puts going on there and i've just been rolling them every month and grabbing more credit um so yeah i'm trying to think here what i'm gonna do oh those are expiring this coming week so you know what that's probably i'm probably just gonna roll all of those so that'll probably be another trade um rolling all of those ewz puts into uh the next month which would be february nice yeah i had man there's one that i want to put a trade on but i'm not going to because they have earnings on let's see the 20th that's netflix man they have got beat down <laughs> from their high they were at a high of 700 bucks and now they're trading at 525 but with earnings on the 20th, I'm going to be staying away from it. But I have a feeling they're going to make a fat move higher off of earnings. Yeah, that's, uh, geez, the RSI just, it's at 23 right now, but it just hit like 17 or something. <laughs> so they're, yeah, they're definitely prime. Like even if it's just for some profit taking or something, they're like prime for a move up, at least in the short term. Yeah, well. We'll see. I guarantee. Well, I know they're raising rates on uh, Netflix, so they got the email about it. So you know, maybe they'll tell everyone they're going to make another billion dollars off of uh, just the rate hikes. Um, and HES, I might actually on HES. I've already got that call spread. I might sell another one because they're just man. Looking at that chart just pisses me off. Like they got to come down at some point. So I might run another call spread on them. And uh, same thing with. WMB, and these are all tickers off of my um, in the trend scanner that's been working out really well. So it looks like WMB. I'd sell some call spreads. Another one. <clears throat> so I was looking at this one on Friday. Uh, pull up AFL, which is Affleck. Oh, man. They gapped down and then surged back up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. So. Let me guess. You're going to sell a put spread on this one? No? Calls? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to go calls on these guys. Uh, oh, man. Like, yeah, that's, geez, the RSI is like almost at 80. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're, they, and look at that candle on Friday. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's like in, <laughs> they gap down and then it just like engulfed the previous two <laughs> candles. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what kind of news they had come out or what they're spinning but i think they're ready to start you know coming back down 
comes to profit taking. Oh, uh, what is? Oh yeah, let me see here. I was just taking a look at the. Uh, oh, they're just talking about February earnings. Um, oh, so UBS came out and upgraded them like seven dollars oh, from fifty four. <laughs> From 54 to 61, and then apparently everybody piled right in on that. And, no, then, and then some. Yeah, another one. Uh, freaking Ford, dude. Did you, Have you been looking at them? <laughs> no, because I, I know they were consolidating like crazy. Let me pull. Oh, man. Yeah, well, now they're consolidating another $5 up. Oh, that's. Jeez. Yeah, another freaking story, dude, where the great grandson bought a crap ton of shares and he's like trying to get control. <laughs> so that's just going to keep sending it higher and higher and higher. Yeah, sooner or later they're going to freaking soak up the float. Oh man, it's saying here Ford's China sales grew a little. Hmm. Oh, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that means it needs to keep going up. Yeah, ten percent a week. Oh man, oh, wasn't Ford trading at like three bucks during the COVID crash? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it hit like th the high threes, like 390 or something like that. Boy, whoever so bought at that point and is still riding it out <laughs> must have a big grin on their face. <laughs> so that's why tickers like Ford and AMC and GameStop irritate me is because, you know, before COVID crash, I was looking at them and I'm like, oh, man, these companies suck. They're just in this massive downtrend. Management sucks. And then all of a sudden... COVID crash happens, we have the big rip higher, and then these companies are like, oh, we don't care what we used to, you know, we used to be a crappy company, but now we're a great company. It's like, nah, man, you're still a $5 company. Get out of here. Yep, and then they go on this run <laughs> up to 25 Yeah, I was uh, just looking on the daily at the TTM squeeze. Man, they were squeezing forever when they were doing that sideways stuff, and then, bam, they just broke out. Yeah, they're actually the one, uh, well, I'll get into it at the end of the thing, uh, but they have that extra squeeze color, that orange, if you're using the Squeeze Pro, which means they're just primed for a move one way or the other. So that's like one of the uh, things John Carter looks for, for like positioning himself in a long option play is because, you know, they're chopping around like that and they're in this super tight squeeze. Volatility is probably hella low, so... You can probably buy up options for cheap. Yeah, so the one I've got on my chart on my desktop is not the pro. So all I see is the red dots. So are you saying there will be red dots and then it'll turn to yellow? No, you got the well, the extra squeeze is orange. So it's it orange. Goes from, yeah. Well, what's orange. the date here? Um, on eleven. No, no, no. Uh, December 2nd, they actually turned orange if you're using the Squeeze Pro. And okay. they were in that extra squeeze for, looks like, about a week. Okay. And then it just went to, you know, your regular squeeze as it started kind of expanding out and, you know, getting ready for a move higher. Okay, so it went orange, then red, then broke out. Yeah. And fired to the upside. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at the normal. I probably should change this one to the... Uh pro so i can get that orange color in there but um yeah just looking at how they were sucked in all tight like that oh man yeah they broke out hard to the upside yeah uh yeah if you want i don't know if i have it on the website uh but the one i have on my charts i actually added the uh, macd2 line 
to the TTM. So, you know, I can have two studies in one little area and, you know, know what each indicator is doing and send that one over to you if it's not on the site already. Sweet. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Um, and yeah, that kind of leads into the website news. So you go to the website and if you do use the TTM uh, squeeze indicator for thinkorswim, then you know that on mobile it hasn't worked. Uh, the colors just don't show up. So uh, it, it was essentially useless because if you don't have the squeeze dot colors on there, you don't know what the uh, Bollinger Bands and Keltner channels are doing. So, you know, it just it didn't work. So I just never use it on mobile, which I'm trading on my phone a lot. Well, I was able to figure it out and I got the squeeze dots uh, to show up on the mobile uh, thinkorswim platform correctly. So now you have squeeze pro dots. It's got the extra squeeze, the uh, fire normal squeeze and pre squeeze. If you don't know what those are, just uh, go on YouTube or read John Carter's book on uh, God. What's his book called? I forget what his book's called, but he tells you, you know, when they were coming up with the indicator, uh, what each thing means. Uh, there's a lot of good YouTube videos on Squeeze Pro on, you know, how you trade the different dots and stuff. But even though, you know, certain people think it's impossible and it won't work, it actually does work. And you can download it over on the website, wstrades.com. Pretty sweet, man. Yeah, I did get a chance to uh, test it out on my phone and uh, yeah, it works. Yeah, I will say I was talking to some dude on Reddit today, and I think he figured it out. I think it was something on his end he was doing, uh, but he use, has an iPhone, which I don't. I use uh, Android, and he was saying that he couldn't figure out. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but he couldn't figure something out. It wasn't showing up properly, and I just told him, you know, I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know, uh, but it's working fine on Android, and then he replied to something else later on, so I think he may have uh did something wrong and figured it out so if anyone has an iphone uh if you want to check out the indicator go check it out and let me know either on reddit uh, there's a big uh discussion going on over there on it or contact through the website or the podcast and let me know uh, if it works for iphones because i you know definitely like to know if i'm peddling something that's not working for iphones I wonder Mobius had comments. He's probably on Apple. I'm on a droid too. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the issue. He's like, what? I don't see any dots. <laughs> well, of crap, man. <laughs> all right, man. That's all I had. Uh, yeah, I didn't have anything else except uh, futures are looking not terrible, but they're down pretty big right now. Uh, NASDAQ down 0.37, but uh, Dow and S&P are fairly even, point, down 0.16 on the S&P futures, and then uh, down 0.08 on Dow. So it looks like Dow's faring pretty well. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch your video on the market outlook, so I don't know if you were seeing the same thing I was, where S&P and uh, NASDAQ were kind of at this tipping point. They're on this long-term trend line. And I don't know, man, I was, you know, that's when I sold that iron condor. I was like, okay, they're going to bounce off this uh, trend line now. But they keep on, they tested it way sooner than I thought they would. So I don't know if we may see a breakdown below that and start seeing some really crappy markets for a while. 
Yeah, I did not look at that. Actually, I didn't do much uh, technical analysis in that video at all. I was hitting, I think, some of the big uh, companies that were having earnings in the coming week. And then there's a bunch of uh, housing market related data and reports coming out this week. Um, so I kind of covered those. But yeah, it was kind of atypical for me. I didn't actually look at any charts or anything like that. But yeah, you showed me that, I think, on the queues or something. Um, and you said they were playing off of that uh, longer term downtrend lines or uptrend lines. So, um, yeah, seems to be at a key point in looking at uh, stuff right now. Let me pull up the cues. Um, yeah, things have been like consolidating, um, if not in a like really slight downtrend since late November, like when the cues hit that peak of 408, like pretty big sell off. Pretty decent move up, another big move down, pretty good rally, but like it couldn't come back to um, the all time high there of 408. I think it made it up to like 404, 405, and then another massive move down. So, yeah, it's like a, definitely a lot of struggling. And like if you really want to look at those two points on the daily chart, I mean, technically that's a lower high if you go from, you know, November 22nd to about a month later, December 28th. Um, so yeah, things are definitely struggling. And like the Fed is talking about like doing, I don't know, I could have swore I saw a story about like possible like four or six rate hikes or something this year. So it seems like every time they talk about a rate hike, the market crashes. Yeah, it's that's the weird thing is, uh, and I don't know the correlation, obviously there's something, but uh, when that news story came out that, I think the Fed said they were going to do two rate hikes or possibly four. And then that dude from uh, JP Morgan came out and he said, no, nah, we're going to see like seven or eight rate hikes this year. And then all of a sudden tech just sold off. And there was some news story about, uh, I don't know why it affects tech stocks more than anyone else, but uh, that's why tech sold off is because of, you know, the Fed opening up their flat. Yeah, that seems to be the trend of the last few weeks or so. Whenever the Fed speaks, the markets collapse. So, yeah, we'll kind of see what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, I'm ready. I mean, honestly, um, I'm totally ready if, like you're saying, the S&P and NASDAQ fall below that long-term uptrend line. Like, I'm totally ready, and I think that is, like, the, the biggest thing about that is what we talk about a lot is, like, watch your freaking position size because when those things happen like they're going to happen they might only happen you know like once every 10 years or once every 15 years but like don't have so big of a position size into something that like you blow up and then like you're done like all your money's gone like you gotta have cash aside when we have those you know big market dips like you got to be able to buy these big moves down because the you know the deals are so good and especially like the covid one you know, those massive, you know, when the index is dumped like 20, 30%, man, you have to have some cash available to take advantage. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest downsides to options is the expiration dates. Because <laughs> yeah, when yeah. you have a big move down, if you're just holding, you know, long shares of, you know, whatever, say Apple, Netflix, then, okay, well, I, you know, I didn't have my stops and I'm screwed. And you just hold on and someday, you know, more than likely, uh, the company's not like those aren't going bankrupt, so they'll get back to where they're going to be. But, you know, if you're like long options, 
or you know even if you're selling spreads at that point and you have a mat, a big move down then chances are you're going to lose out on those trades yeah definitely so although i do like those you know high probability trades and we do them a lot um yeah it's definitely still good to do and uh you know but like you're saying yeah you kind of run out of time on some of those but if uh i know cash it's uh pretty hard right now to you know think cash is worth much as inflation just goes through the roof but you know it definitely is still good to not have all your capital tied up into something you know when the market collapses because man you got to be able to go in and buy that ford at you know three dollars a share or go in and buy the dave and busters at 10 bucks you know once that stuff collapses because you're going to make massive gains forget cash i'm all in on shit coin there you go or buy shib or you know doge or whatever yeah. <laughs> all right man that's all i had all right man sounds good we'll see you on the next one okay bye Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the WS Trades podcast. If you are not subscribed to this podcast, please subscribe. Also head over to YouTube and search for WS Trades. You'll find us there as well. We've got trading updates as we make our trades over there and also educational videos so you can learn about different strategies within the stock market and options trading. And also please head over to WSTrades.com. Thanks again.